the voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. It's election day in Manitoba. The blue side has rained for some time, but those orange upstarts want to slide in and take control. And it's the Bombers and Lions. Look at all the parallels we have going with what's happening in our province tonight. This is fantastic. Uh, Coach O'Shea will not ask him to weigh in on the election because he's got bigger things to focus on. But we want you to join in if you would. 204-780-6868 for your calls in text ahead of, and I can see the excitement in your eyes, the biggest regular season game in the history of the Canadian Football League. I don't know, for me, at least back to 2019, an enormous football game that I have been excited about for weeks. Coach O'Shea, how excited are you for Friday? Very. (laughs) (laughs) Beautifully done. Yes. Beautifully done. No, it's going to be a good game. It's great for the league. Um, I'm sure our players are excited. Um, You know, they like playing football. Yeah. Any chance to get to play football is an exciting time for them. From from a fan's perspective, the two teams, uh, Bombers and Lions, have had what I kind of perceive as two outlier games. BC beat you guys pretty good. You then turn around and wallop them, which is one of the biggest turnarounds game to game in the history of the league. And I go, well, now anything is possible in game number three, which not knowing anything about a game going into it or not even believing I know anything about a game going into it just has me so excited for what what could be and what you're crafting and what they're crafting. Yeah. I imagine anything can happen, you know, it's, uh, but you got two very good teams. Um, I would say evenly matched, um, that, that do, um, uh, a lot of things well. So yeah, it should be good. Should be a great game on the drive in. I was just comparing, well, who do I think is going to win? Okay. Unit for unit. And I'm like, well, they're a little better here. This is a little better there. And every, it just feels like it's close in a lot of spots, and I just, I, I'm so excited for it. I, I just can't wait. I'm going to stop uh, salivating over what's to come on Friday because Steve is with us on a Tuesday on the Coach's Show. Steve, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening. I'll just piggyback on something you said, Derek. Uh, coach, and I've said this before, you're very even keel, level headed, which is good in my opinion. It's why you've had so many winning teams, and, and you've said more than once, I'm sorry, I had to laugh when she said, oh, I'm really excited um, um, that, that, that you've said each game is its own game and equally important. Well, you're also a smart man, and you know that Friday Friday's winner is 95% or higher likely to win the West, which is very important. And, and so do you talk about, like, their players know what, know what it means. Does that come up? Or do you tell your players don't even think about it? It's just another game. You don't want them to get too nervous, or or when or is it talked about in the locker room at all? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, you know, we're just not a bunch of chancers hoping to win, right? Like we we the preparation allows the players not to be nervous for things that that don't really matter in the moment. Right. What matters in the moment is the play. Right. So they don't, I don't think they get nervous about an outcome or potentially what happens if you don't get the outcome you want. I do think um, every player, athlete, they, their body gets ready and 
does that feel like nerves? Is it butterflies? Whatever it is, it's, you know, their nervous system gets their, their body ready. Uh, talking about it doesn't, I don't know that it does us any good. I mean, I, they, they've been through enough of these conversations that says, Hey, accept what your, what your body is doing, what you're feeling emotionally, the excitement, you know, um, possibly a little anxiety for some of them. Right. But like I said, a lot of that is, is curtailed with great preparation, which they get from the coaching staff. Um, but accept that and, and, and just go out and play your game. Right. So we don't, we don't spend a lot of time talking about outcomes and, and, and what those possible outcomes mean. Cause we really want them to just go out and focus on the, the task at hand. Yeah. Just to spell out what Steve's saying for folks who, who uh, may not have followed as closely, both teams at 11 and four, the winner of this game has a one game advantage. Plus has won the season series with each team having two games remaining. So the only way that the winner of this game does not finish first is if they lose their last two and the other team wins their last two. Thus, as he says, 95%, whatever the number is, is it fair to say everybody in the organization is aware of the fact that the winner of this game probably wins the West? I, I don't know how they, they, they couldn't know that. Yeah. If they don't know that, it's by choice, and they just believe in the fact that they're going to go out and play their game, yeah. right? Like We um, talked about it in the Daily Coaches show that you're aware of it, but there's nothing you can do about yeah, it, it other than win the game. It doesn't dominate the conversation ever, you know? Um I, and I don't know that, you know, I don't really need to remind them. They, I mean, they always want to play their best. So what, what's, why would that change? How would, how would discussing an outcome and potential scenarios down the road um, change their level of play? I don't, I don't know that it can. We, I would just hypothesize guys are more focused or practice has a little different 10, uh, 10, 10 or to it, or I'm going to put in 15 extra minutes here, or I'm going to make sure that I, I kind of skimped on the ice tub yesterday. I'm going to get this full time. I don't even know what, what rehab they would do, but little <laughs> yeah. squeeze out 5% more from my they're, last drop of, they're always looking to put more in. Very excited. To, I was ex- oh, so excited to see practice today. I'm excited for the game on, on Friday. I'm excited for what Chris has for us. Chris, thank you for being with us on the Coach's Show. You're on with Mike O'Shea. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Hey, Coach, I got uh, two coaching philosophy questions. So um, I'll, I'll ask them and then I'll, I'll hang up. But the first is, as you think about your coaching career, what would you say is the costliest lesson you learned as a coach? The second question is, when you think about the kind of coach you are, what would one lesson be that you hope your players learn from having you as a coach? Very good. I like uh, it. Okay, costliest lesson. Um, probably, you know, early on, the, the you know, we made some pretty bold statements right off the hop about, winning championships and it took longer. Um, you know, I imagine seeing how it's all worked out that we could have been, you know, maybe a little quicker with some of the evaluation we had to do. Um, so it took time. It took us longer than, uh, than we would have liked 
So mm. that that's costly. Um, biggest lesson. Well, we've we got a room full of great players, so I think they already know all this stuff, right? But uh, they were, were, you know, we're all humans, right, in that room. And, um, you know, we got to be grateful for each other and we got to be able to um, forgive humans, <laughs> you know, because we all make mistakes, right? Yep. We're all human out there. We're trying to do it right. Um but uh, I think, you know, a couple of those things that they can, uh, that aren't football, you know, I think it's just life, really. Hopefully they take a little bit of life out of that, uh, life experience out of that room. All right, Chris, thank you for your question. Appreciate you being with us on the Coaches Show. Uh, we got to hit the break. Gail and Drew, you're on the other side. When we return, the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Brought to you by Bailey's in the Exchange. The atmosphere, the service, the delicious food and drinks. When you need that special night out, Bailey's is ready for you. Table and room reservations available. Visit baileysprimedining.com. Mainly cloudy, 60% chance of showers or drizzle tonight. Low of 10. Showers ending early in the afternoon. Then a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 14. Showers on Thursday with a high of 12. Right now, 22 at 680 CJ. GOB. Coach's show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed terms and conditions apply. Terry got me at DT on OB and he says, uh, hi, Derek and Mike on the missed field goal. Would it have counted if the ball went through the upright after it hit the crossbar? Terry upright and crossbar. I believe the play is whistled dead if it just hits the crossbar. Terry from Dauphin is curious. No, if it uh, if it ends up going through, it's good. Yeah, yeah. So if it if it doinks the upright and comes back out, it's a dead ball. But as long as it manages to find its way through over the crossbar and through the uprights, it's good. The rare double doink on the weekend that was pretty good. Yep. Uh, trivia time for uh, you, Coach O'Shea. Uh oh. As best I can find, the all-time leader in uprights or crossbars hit is? Oh, Louis Pisaglia. I couldn't find back that far. It goes back to 04. Sean White is the, the leader that I could find, but Chris Milo hit them at an incredible rate in his <laughs> career. Just things when you're super bored, you'll go back and try to find in the Canadian Football League. Let's welcome in Drew on line number three. Drew, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Yeah, thank you. I Coach O'Shea, season ticket member, and one thing I noticed being in the stadium on on Friday was that the kick cover team was really good, especially with Javon Leak and how dangerous he can be. I know he had that one turn, but looked good. Um, but a question I have for you, uh, with Brady fumbling down towards the goal line, I know that refs like to let that play go so that they can review it. Is there maybe a thought to considering changing the standard in which maybe by a preponderance of evidence instead of trying to overturn it, if they're going to start uh, just trying to review calls or calling plays in, in which they're trying to look for a review. Just wondering about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind it this way. I mean, a long, long time ago when they first brought in replay, it was suggested um, by a number of us that they should change and let this go, 
like let it be called uh, uh, or not blow their whistle. Let the play go further because they can review it and it's fairly easily reviewed. Um, that was met with uh, no, no, no. We don't ever want to officiate with the review in mind. And then shortly thereafter, they decide to do it that way. I agree with it. I think they, um, before instant replay, they blew the whistle very, very quickly and changed the outcomes of games, I thought, because um, there's a lot of close calls on whether a, a body part is down or if their ball carrier is down with contact or at what point did the ball come loose. So I'm in favor of of this particular one going to replay there are times where, in any replay situation, where there just isn't enough evidence one way or another, so however they call it. But they do let these go, um, I, I, I think, in a better way now than they used to. Okay. Yeah. The The problem then becomes, if replay isn't perfect, then... Well, it's not perfect. Yeah, you, you, you let plays go, and you go, oh, the official might have wanted to, to blow re- that one dead. Prior to replay, they, you know, there was, I thought a lot of opportunities for defenses that sort of got nullified opportunities for defenses. Well, they strip a ball, but uh, it just would be blown dead and said, yeah, he, I he see what down, you're saying, you know, or the play was whistled dead or whatever. Yeah. So now they, even if there's a whistle, this is what I like. This is what I think is important is the ball could come loose. And even if there's a whistle, if we on the defense, if we immediately recover it, then it can go, upstairs and they can say, yeah, it was a fumble. The whistle was too quick and there was an immediate recovery, which, you know, I think that's an important step. Yeah. You just can't get yards gained after if they'd swallowed the whistle, but at least the turnover is granted in that spot. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. Well, Drew, I appreciate you being with us at 204-780-6868. He mentioned Javon Leak and it got me to thinking about, uh, we were watching in the booth and we went, Ooh, on the punt returns, he looks this way, but on kick returns, he looks this way. It must be incredibly tough to do both, which led me to talk to Janarian Grant, who was back at practice today. It was a long way around to get back to Janarian Grant was back at practice today. If uh, It's radio, so nobody can see this, but Derek's smile when he says Janarian Grant is back at practice is <laughs> very large. Well, as, as with a, as the, as the same with a lot of us down in Bomberland. Since week six, we've got texts every week. When will Janarian be back? Well, he was back today. He comes off the six game injured list to come back to practice today. How do you believe he looked today? He looked good in limited action. He looked good. So, yeah, he's he's declared fit enough, and that means that he can take the field and he's um, feeling good enough to practice. Um, and then we'll see where that goes from here. But obviously, Janarian's uh, been a big part of our team in the return game and a little bit on offense, too, um, for a number of years now. And he is exceptional. So we'll see uh, We'll see what that holds in store for our roster. So uncommi- uncommitted as to whether he'll play on Friday? Well, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to, to commit to these things until you know that they're good and ready to go. Yeah, we we talked with special teams coach Paul Boudreau today. There's a day every week we talk to special te- to uh, assistant coaches. So of course everybody wanted to talk to Paul Boudreau today, and uh, he was he's obviously pleased to have Janarian back. Uh, and I, I said, do you remember the the return against Saskatchewan in week number two? And he almost he almost smiled. He just he just got very warm feeling going. Yeah, 
I remember that one very, very much because that's that's the one that Janarian can be. And he's a guy who does both kick and punt returns, and he does them both extremely really well. well which, having seen having seen Leak, and why I ask is we saw Leak on this past week, and I went, okay, he's not the same weapon on kick returns, and I don't know why they're different from each other. Why the are the skills for returners are they different for from one to the other? Um. I'm not saying the skill necessarily would be, but if you just look at the number of kickoff return touchdowns in the in any football league compared to punt return touchdowns, there's a ginormous difference, mm. right? It just doesn't happen with the same frequency because of the... Oof, that's a good question. Um, I think because of the width of the formation coming down, Right with punt, you're, you know, you're gobbed up pretty good there, you yeah. know, in an area, and um, the blocking takes place at the line of scrimmage for the majority of players. So there's also a, 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 a vertical split difference in the coverage lanes, whereas in with kickoff, you can get a bunch of guys down at speed, almost on the same level and the blockers are backing up into the return, whereas on punt return, obviously, the blocking takes a lot of the blocking. Ten guys, 12 guys are stuck at the line of scrimmage for a bit, creating these seams that people can exploit. Okay. That would be my first answer. I think there would be a lot more depth to the answer. (laughs) Yeah, if we had another hour. <laughs> I suspect there would. Uh, Janarian has been able to exploit both of those against the BC Lions, the kickoff return in the regular season game last season, the punt return in the playoff game. Uh, fingers crossed for Bomber fans for Janarian Grant to be back on Friday. We will, of course, let you know as soon as uh, the Bombers will let us know. It is 727. Uh, we will continue with the head coach, Mike O'Shea, on the Coaches Show at 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. We're ready for your texts and calls for the head coach, Mike O'Shea, at 204-780-6868. I'm also on Twitter at DTOnOB, and I, I wanted you to give me your best suggestion for beating the Lions on Friday, and I said, Mike, you and I would vote on it, either yay or nay. How do you, how do you feel about this? I see you're very excited. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you checked with me first on this. <laughs> <laughs> See, obviously, I have no choice in the matter. That's why I do it live on the air. Uh, Gary O, who tweets at Pegger sixty, uh, his suggestion is containment and pressure on Vernon Adams. Got to make him make mistakes, hurry throws, and not be able to run out of trouble. I say yay. Get after the quarterback and make a quarterback make mistakes. How, what are the parameters here? Are we listening to them all and then voting, or are we just saying? No, no, just uh, just this just, is one, just one. You approve? Yeah. You yeah, approve I, of that ballot measure? Yeah, that's fantastic idea. That's a, that's a that's a good start. I like it. Uh, Joe at Joe Francis twelve. Lots of defensive pressure, good return game, and more great running game from Brady Oliveira. That's. That's a good start. All approved. All those yes. absolutely approved. At DT on OB is where you can get me on Twitter. Gail has been incredibly patient. Gail, thank you so much for that. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, congrats to the team and you on a very hard-fought win on Friday. I was there screaming my head off. Uh, not that you could hear me over everybody else in the crowd. 
Um, one of my questions was already answered with Janarian Grant. My next one is, what can Mr. Hall do to fire up the defense? They seem to be a little out of, out of sorts on Friday is maybe not a great word, but they just didn't seem to have the fire in the belly. Because I've been rewatching the past Grey Cup games and watching them then and watching them now, it's almost like two different sets of defensive players and I'm going um they're almost all the same from those two teams so I don't know if there's anything that can be said done or whatever and hope you guys win on Friday I will be watching with my fingers crossed my toes crossed my eyes crossed everything crossed that you win and I'll take your answers off here thanks Gail yeah the the, the first couple drives were a little gammy that's for sure the you know there's just, uh, you know, a couple mistakes that happen, right? And I th- think it's more or less our guys trying to do a little too much sometimes because the effort, the physicality, that's all there, right? But you get out of the system a little bit, you know, and the beauty about football is there's 12 guys out there and you need each guy to – you know, to do what he's supposed to do, right? So we take a penalty, we miss a tackle, we miss a coverage, we miss a coverage, we jump, and he runs by. Like, it's just just odd-looking, mm-hmm. right? As I said, just odd-looking, right? Um, but I don't know if there's anything you need to say. They all know. I gotta, they come to the bench, they know at halftime, you know, Raise your hand if you made a mistake. Yeah, everybody puts their hand up, right? Like it's football. There's always stuff that goes on. It's whether or not it hurts you, right? So, um, so much, so much faith and trust in our guys, you know. And I don't know that there's really much that needs to be said. They spend a lot of time communicating with each other, hanging out and talking, and they they know what they want. Yeah. On that defense, uh, Demario Houston got knocked, got banged up in the game. Uh, he was n- he was not at practice. He's on the sidelines today with Jamal Parker moving into the defensive backfield. Uh, what's Demario? How's Demario been this season? He he missed much of last season with injury and then got right back at it this year. Yeah, obviously he's produced. You know, seven interceptions, three fumble recoveries. That's ten takeaways. He's he's produced quite a bit. So, um, we'll see. He's. Uh, He's moving around okay, actually. Nice. Yeah. And you said in your availability today, uh, we were hypothesizing, what if he can't go? And you said, we have a lot of, we have a bunch of options. I mean, you yeah. mentioned Desmond Lawrence and Abu Dharami Soiree yeah. has started both, games. Like- both have played games for us. They're all, they're every, they're all available. So, um, once again, we, we'd like to make those decisions after day three when we thoroughly evaluate all the possibilities. Yeah. So hoping, fingers crossed for Demario Houston and his league-leading seven interceptions on the season. Marquine is with us on line number two. Marquine, thanks so much for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Oh, uh, it's Martin. Martin, I'm sorry. I, I got a double E on there. My fault. Yeah, that's okay. That's just like the female equivalent of me. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I got a question. Uh, Mr. O'Shea. Uh, congratulations on how you handle the team and as a first class organization. My question is more philosophical. 
how do you balance the football side of the equation with uh, dealing with uh, all the men as uh, human beings? With like, uh, how do you deal with them, like the personal side of it? I know there was a, a fellow that had, a, I think it was a DUI. And, uh, you know, we can't judge people on that. There's a lot of crap that has been uh, exacerbated through the, uh, through the pandemic and everything. Like, how, how do you do that? Uh, just kind of wondering if I could pick your brain on that. Well, I think we've learned um, fairly quickly uh, that if you want to be a good organization, it's always about the person first. Has to be. Um, so I said earlier, there was a question, a philosophical question asked earlier, and I said, yeah, we're all humans. We make mistakes, and you um, you certainly put the the person above the player. So right, right. The, the guy's, you know, got a jersey number, and when he's out there, he's running around, and he's that, you know, name on the back of his jersey and the, that player number, and then um, at all other times, it's the guy's name, right? <laughs> like he's... Life, life. I, these guys know this. That goes. We talk about this stuff all the time. Um, no matter what you're trying to do inside that football room, life is still going on outside it, right? So there's all these things yeah. that, as soon as you practice is over and you're done your meetings and you're done your lift and you're done your tubs and your treatment and now you're gonna head out and you check your phone and life's continued all through practice and all through meetings, whether you liked it or like wanted it to or not. So now you got to handle all that stuff and you have to handle it. Well, if you want to be able to play, you've got to have your, a lot of the rest of your life in order to, to have a clear mind to be able to play. So we try to make, uh, you know, make good decisions with players, you know, when, when life arises. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, do you spend a lot of time with the players? Do you go out to uh, restaurants or have a few drinks? Or they have don't want me anywhere near them. <laughs> Listen, no, no really? we spend so much time together. You know, in in that in this in the locker room setting. I don't go in the locker room necessarily, but you know, on the field and in meeting rooms and stuff like that. We we leave them yeah. alone. They're they <laughs> they. They need a place where they can go and hang out with each other. And they're twenty-something dudes, right? Like they're twenty and thirty-something dudes. Year olds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They don't. Want, yeah. They don't want this guy <laughs> hanging around them. You know. Oh, that's so oh. funny, Mark. And thank you so much for your call. I appreciate you being with us. Okay. Yeah. And keep up the good work there, uh, Taylor. It's like, oh, who the heck is this guy? The last couple of years, and then it's like. Yeah, this guy's pretty smart. He could follows the hockey as well. There you go. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Keep it up. Thank Good you, Mark. And appreciate Thank you being you. with us at 204 780 6868. It is 745. Plenty more with the head coach, Mike O'Shea, including their big plans for the trade deadline, which he and I both learned is tomorrow. In fact, it's the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed terms and conditions. Apply 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts and at DT on OB with your strategies for beating the BC Lions. Uh, Coach Eric wants us to vote on with all the second and less than fives we have. Thanks to Brady's great first down runs. 
I'd like to see more Dakota Prukop on second and shortish. Let him throw the ball once or twice, hand it off to Brady or Dembski, keep the Lions on their toes. Approved. There we go. I'm in favor. <laughs> Dakota, uh, done right. Your your depth quarterbacks are valuable pieces in this league. I think all these people are vying for my job. So I, I maybe we shouldn't approve all these things. Well, you don't have to go in the locker room. You don't have to hang out with young people who are exhausting. <laughs> Athletes must be no, full listen, of Listen, I never said that. I'd like to hang out with them. I said they don't want me there. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I feel you. So it's just just like the rest of us. Yeah. I, you, you yearn to be young. They, they have so much energy. Like they go to work and then they lift and then they probably do stuff instead of just pass out dead on the couch. Come on. That's, that's a young man's game. Going out's a young man's game. It is. <laughs> Evan is with us on line four. Evan, appreciate your patience. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey, guys. Uh, show is great as always. DT, always an awesome show. Um, first, coach, I'd just like to thank you for bringing up that these players are people. And uh, just, just the high scrutiny on all of them takes a toll on real people. So kudos to you for that. Uh, my question is actually for both of you. Um, coach, i I mean, after seeing the dribble kick this week and a few other interesting things uh, in our game, I'd sure love to hear what the most interesting fake or maybe interesting unexpected play you've seen, uh, whether it was either against or something you guys did, um, player or coach. And DT, I'd love to hear maybe one of your memories on that as well. And, uh, yeah, I'll hang up and listen to the the answer. Thanks, guys. Uh, I've got a lot of favorite plays, you know, that were just – Really amazing plays. I mean, there's a, a Noel Prefontaine play that, uh, you know, I happen to be a part of uh, that I got to witness that isn't quite captured on film because of the angle at, at BC Place at the time. But, uh, you know, I've never seen anything like it. Basically, they're trying a, a field goal to win the game. They miss. Pre's at the back of the end zone, like in a kickout play. It's going to go over. So he's got his heels sort of just inside the end line. He he can't get it by reaching up because he's going to put momentum is going to pull him back. So he turns faces the other way and catches the ball over his shoulder, staying in bounds. He runs towards the front of the end zone. He's going to get tackled. So he punts it out. He chases the punt out and basically hits the kicker or punter. Who's going to try and punt it back in causes a fumble and we end up you know, winning the game. And it's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Uh, They tried to fake on us in Toronto once. Pinball came from depth as the returner, ran up to the first down marker and knocked himself out on the, on the the guy with the ball. He was probably like a tailback or a fullback or a linebacker type guy. I think pinball knocked him out of bounds, literally inches from getting the first down from punt depth as the returner came and he basically, I think he knocked himself out on the sidelines. It was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of them that I think are spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the really the, I think the only one I've really called was the 2019 West final where Craig Dickinson tried to pull the, Oh, what's going that way. No, yeah. it's going this way. And, and Shane Goche and Nick Marshall is racing up the, uh, down the sideline fairly exhausted from chasing Darvin Adams on two go routes. And here comes Shane Goche out of nowhere. And I'm like, man, I know I'm doing the riders post game show, but I'd love to talk to Shane Goche about that moment because 
that that play would have turned the game. And sometimes it's yeah, twenty nineteen. We don't go to the Grey Cup probably. Yeah, you know if Shane doesn't make that play, he's a he's a hero amongst men in that on that in that season for that play. Yeah, it wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. It's uh, the trickeration that gets on special teams, the things that are possible that. That might here's an onside here's an onside field goal attempt or the Montreal one um, for folks who didn't see it they what they swing it out wide and the guy just behind the line of scrimmage just just drops it and doinks it off his foot six feet and then recovers it and on second and a million it's a first down yep. and, I, and I go I get it but that feels it just it felt wrong it feels wrong that one yard converts a second and fifteen or whatever it is. Just because he touches it off his uh, foot. Yeah, and you can go the other way. You can watch the NFL where they just fair catch everything. They don't kick the ball. Nothing's, like, there's no use of onside players. Yeah, they need to fast forward that stuff. In the you, the you NFL's know, like, gone away from anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's the, our game has its roots in rugby, right? Where kicking is very important, still very important. I think it's a neat rule. And I thought it was well executed. Super smart. Yeah. It's super smart. And I guess we only have about a minute left, but I'm like, why doesn't, why doesn't that happen a lot more often when you can second and 35 instead of, or second and 27 in the preseason, instead of Tyrell Pigram having to zip one across the middle to Jeremy Murphy, whoop, whoop. I guess defenses are aware of it, but Hey, kick this two yards and jump on it and we're good. Yep. It's Nothing is ever as easy as I go. Why don't they do he that tried it more earlier, often? He right? tried it earlier in the year and he missed. The ball hit the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he dropped okay. it. He dropped the ball, man. And then he pretended like he kicked it and he hadn't. So it was a turnover, or, or <laughs> uh, they had to punt. But yeah, Sinopoli. I think Sinopoli tried it uh, yep. a few years that ago. Rings a bell. Yeah, it's it's there. Everybody knows about it. Yeah, it came up in the Montreal game and uh, worked for a little bit there. Uh, trade deadline is tomorrow. Big plans? Yeah, I'm I'm heading out right now to scour. Next year, we'll talk a ton, a ton about it because it'll be the fifth year anniversary of the Zach Kalar's acquisition. And uh, if if great things happen this year, then hey, who knows what we'll be saying next year about uh, just probably the greatest trade deadline trade that I can remember. Just because the CFL for sure. Yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at DT on OB. We'll have all your updates from practice, your audio from uh, Vancouver on Thursday. And of course, Christian Amell in the sports show uh, as uh, head coach, Mike O'Shea and the team prepare for the biggest regular season game this year. Bombers and lions nine o'clock Friday pregame show at six 30, a special two and a half hour pregame show in advance of the game. Coach, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Is it still time at the polls? Go vote. Yeah, go vote. Go you got, vote. You got two Ex- minutes and 40 seconds. But Exercise your right. There you go. Tell them Coach sent you. That probably gets some sway here. Our election coverage continues on 680 CGOB.